Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. That drive Matt nuts. Only sometimes. I mean, he grew up believing all this stuff, and like most of it's just not true. <laughs> I, I sit there go. But that was a fun 4 o'clock hour with Chad and the kids yesterday. Terrific family. You, t- you, you told me I'm not a fun guy. <laughs> I'm there having fun with the kids. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, a, man, I'm a fun guy. Just I've seen you be don't... fun with my kids. So there you go. I, I knew that. I know. It's like, come on. You know, on the show, I just use my own experience. And you hate when I use my experience. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Yeah. Try to give everybody a little insight into what reality is, and you know, I get criticized for it because right? I'm not fun. Right? It's not as complicated as everybody makes it out to be. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you think you think the Steelers played way better because of Vontez Perfect than what he did to Antonio Brown, or you think they just had better matchups? Mm, a little bit of both in that case. I just have better match, a better team. <laughs> Come on. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, by the way. It's a great time to deal, too, with a sales staff that will work with you. That's they, why they have so many repeat customers. Great product, great guarantees, great options for you, and a service staff that works with you. Is you know, And a service department is it's awesome. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call today. Bryce Harper usually does everything offensively, but last night some defense. Opposite way, a base hit it to right field. Severino's coming home. Harper's throw to the plate is on the fly! He's out at home plate! He had no chance to get to the dish. 9-2 on the putout. The Phillies hold on to a one-run lead. A chance of MVP as Harper comes into the dugout. And deservedly so. He is the second half of the season. He's been phenomenal. Um, He should, you know, to be honest with you, he should, like you're carrying a team the way he's carrying them, and usually that results in you getting to first place. That tells you how bad they are everywhere else. I mean, really, think about it. You got a guy playing this well, you should be running away with the division. But their pitching has just fallen apart. Zach Wheeler, who at one point was thought to be a Cy Young candidate, is really struggling. And 
I'll tell you who's hot right now is the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are red hot. I mean, it looks like they are very close to clinching the last wild card in the National League. I mean, for the Phillies, the goal is not to win the wild card. They're not going to get that. Uh, It is to try and win the division over Atlanta, and they do have Atlanta next week in three games. Three really big games. They have, what, the Pirates this weekend? They do, so they'll probably lose three out of four. Oh, see, again, there's the talk <laughs> show guy in you coming out. This I'm only like, going, uh, see, now that's honest. Because that happened earlier this that, year. They haven't, oh, haven't uh, beaten one opponent yet they fan, should beat. Being a fan is not honest. Okay, being a fan I'm a is Yankee all, fan. I'm not a Philly fan. I could care less is, what the Phillies is do. All, is all emotion. That's going by what I've been seeing. They stink against teams they should beat. Because they play down to them. Well, I, think, I think in this case, it's just in their heads. If it's gotten so bad, I mean, they can't even beat the Pirates. They struggled against the O's. I mean, re- I mean, really struggled to win those two games against the O's. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost three out of four to the Pirates. That's just how the Phillies have been this year. They're mediocre. Well, they're not great, no. I mean, no, but nobody, nobody said they were great. I mean, they, they mean the only great teams right now, I think potentially great teams, probably the Giants, the Dodgers. Yeah, I was going to say two of them are in the NL West. Um, <laughs> I would say Houston. I would have said the White Sox before, but they've really slumped here down the stretch. They actually struggle. I mean, I know they clinched today. Uh, they had such a big lead, but they that division stinks anyway. Have been stumbling. Um, um, and Tampa to this point. And Tampa is Tampa is a really. Talented team that understands their roles. Kevin Cash does a good job with them, but the but Kevin Cash still, in my opinion, needs to evolve as a manager, where he's got to be able to assess in-game situation a little better than just playing from the card. I realize that playing from the card has given him great success, but you got to show a little instinct once in a while with what you're doing. And uh, I, I still go back to the Blake Snell thing in the World Series last year. Like, what are you doing? Okay, show some instinct. Okay, sometimes, guess what? Sometimes you got to take the book, and, right? And you got to throw the book to the side. You got to trust yourself. And so he's, you know, I think when it comes to doing it by the card or by the book, he does a great job and makes the right moves based on the card in the book. When it comes to using his gut, he doesn't trust it. That's why you keep going to the card in the book. You don't trust it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's always important. Um, because what you have to do um, is managers or coaches have to put the 
the players in the best spot to be successful. When you're going along and somebody proves to you that they might be your best shot at that particular moment, you stick with it. That was always one of the great things that I remember one time I was out speaking. Somebody, you know, obviously people do things about stars. You know, how many stars does somebody has? You know, because Jahan, I'll give you Jahan Dotson's an interesting one. Jahan Dotson in one recruiting service was a four star, and in another recruiting service was a three. I mean, let's be honest, he's a five star player, right? That's what he's become. He's become, but again, but one recruiting service had him as a four. But there was actually another one that had him as a three-star. Okay. So this is years ago. And somebody said the biggest problem they have with Joe is he doesn't play the best players. Now, I could have been the talk show host at this point and really boom, boom. You're absolutely right. He does not play the now. But instead I decided to use my instinct, you know, my, my perspective of actually being at practice. I know that bothers you, Matt, but I just thought it was the best way to go about it. So you'd rather have me be controversial. You don't like the fact that I'm not controversial. Right? Well, again, one warranted. Like, don't be like first take. You know that that's just that's just stupid. But sometimes it sometimes it warrants it. That's all. So I said, I said, what, I said, what do you or Fox think? Sports Radio and all those those stupid shows? No, they're just trying to get ratings. I'm just trying to deliver information. Um, I try to be realistic about it. Uh, the um, and I said, excuse me. I said, do you think they sit down in a meeting room and they say, you know what? I think it'd be a lot better if we just played these guys. It would make the game more competitive. I said, or do you think that they're picking the guys that, based on practice, are the best players? He's not playing the best players. I said, he's not playing the best players. I said, who should who should be playing? So this guy named two guys, and then and there were two guys that at that point were really struggling in practice, like struggling. <laughs> I said, I can assure you in no uncertain terms, they're playing the right people. <laughs> I said, based on practice, I said, I said I wouldn't be starting them either. And the guy had this look on his face. I said, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it said, you're throwing darts. I'm actually watching it. <laughs> what do you think they make decisions? Like, you know what? <laughs> I think we'll just do this. I think, I think we had to play with one hand tied behind our back. I think it would just make it more fun, don't you? <laughs> Maybe it was his kid and you just didn't know. No, I know who the parents are. Oh. That's true. <laughs> I know who the parents are. <laughs> I see them in the parking lots after games and things like that. So, um, it's uh, but it was a common thing going around. I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> if the guy, if, if a player is not executing in practice, see the players determine who plays. Not the coach. Everybody's like, well, the coach, he's needed. No, actually, the players determine who plays. You know how you determine how you play? By outplaying somebody else in practice. 
You outplay them, you get the spot. You outplay them, you get the time. It's really as simple as that. Players determine who starts. Players determine who plays. Players determine who doesn't play. Now, sometimes there's a grand plan about redshirting somebody or whatever. But again, they're young and they're probably not ready to play yet. Or even if they're close, somebody else is already a veteran in that spot that already is currently just a better player. Just through experience, they're a better player. And every once in a while, you get a freshman that comes along and go, whoa, that dude needs, like, that's not a starter, but like Kalen King should be playing. And he is. Kalen King should be playing. Why? He's one of the four best corners Penn State has. So he should be playing. He can help them win now. Uh, Jalen Reed. It's going to be interesting with Jalen Reed. Jalen Reed's a good player. Um, and he's right there in the mix. Keaton Ellis is in the mix now, so let's see what that does for Jalen Reed. Now, some of these guys are on special teams, like Caleb Brown's on special teams. But, you know, that's that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I think they feel comfortable right now at wide receiver, so Harrison Wallace is, you know, he's, he hasn't been playing. You're allowed to have four. Allowed to have four games. James likes to use three of them at one point or another and likes to save that fourth for later in the year or bowl game. Unless there's a necessity. But, (laughs) believe me, Coaches are trying to win. They're trying to. So they're playing. Believe me, they're trying to play the players that a they they give them the best chance of winning and b that they trust. Trust is a big part of who you select to play, especially in certain situations. It all comes down to trust. Who do you trust? There's also another element too. Somebody may be a great athlete, but there's a fine line between aggressiveness and recklessness. And sometimes you can have somebody that's a great athlete that hasn't settled down and they get a little too reckless. And also they're either out of position and then not being in the right spot, somebody else is trying to cover up for them, whatever it may be. And that and with maturity you go from reckless to aggressive. You know, and every once in a while you have a young player that has great athleticism and a little too reckless or too much of a believer in their own talent where it's like, just slow down for a second. Stay within the system. Do what you're supposed to do. You'll find you'll get great results with it. Then we'll expand as we go and have it fit your skill set. Feel for the game is also important, too. You know, they, you know, there are some people that are great athletes that don't have a great feel for the game. They're great athletes. Then there are some people that are just naturally inclined. This is their game, and their feel for the game and their instincts are just phenomenal. And when you have a great athlete that has great instincts and a great feel, you get your Quan Brisker. You get Jahan Dotson. Great athletes with a great feel for the game. Now it really becomes fun. Really becomes fun.
Thursday night football. A little state college flavor tonight. Matt Rule, Carolina's two and zero. They got Houston tonight. Matt thinks the game stinks. Uh, for the most part, yeah. But we'll it's nice to have the local connections. We'll have the game for you tonight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Way to promote it. <laughs> Great job. No, I'm happy for Matt. And Phil Snow's done a great job as the defensive coordinator. I don't know who's starting for Houston at quarterback tonight. Because Tyrod Taylor's hurt, and they're not playing Deshaun Watson. So, and this really, it, it, you know, Sam Darnold's a part of this. You know, it's it, it's a storyline. Yeah, but their defense has been playing great uh, for Carolina. And the Eagles at Dallas on Monday night football? Yep, Monday night this week. Davis Mills is the starter for Davis Houston. Mills? Yes. Stanford alum. Let's see. What's on homework tonight? Uh, back with more in a moment. <laughs> Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today would have been. Fran Fisher's 98th birthday. Fran Fisher, who just, by the way, was one of the original inductees into the Mifflin County Hall of Fame on Sunday. I had a privilege to be at it, say a few words. It's great to see Jerry and Jeff there as two sons. Fran Fisher set a tone and tenor for the job I have today and set a standard for the job I have today. Forever beloved. He would have been 98 years old today. So I just want to at least recognize that. Fran will, Fran is, will forever be beloved. Every time you see that Lion logo up there, remember he was a big reason behind the look and design of that. So I want to at least recognize that before we went on with the rest of the show. Um, uh, Ray Dittinger in the next uh, half hour. Looking forward to that very much. Ray takes a very common sense approach, you know, to covering a football. Do you know that? Yes, he does. Bud is not afraid. Bud is not afraid to throw out some big opinions when he's got the analysis for it with the big notebook. Oh, I throw out big opinions. I was talking about the college college football playoff. I said there's no leadership with it right now. Yes, like you got people that are just like they're afraid of the SEC. I'm sorry, you can't do that. Um, You got to have confidence in your own product. I've talked about that. Uh, targeting earlier in the week, I said, "Look, I said, you know that that rule has to change. That rule needs to change. You can't be just. Be, I'm sick of guys getting thrown out of games. I mean, knock it off, okay? If they do a second one, they'll throw them out. If they do a third one, suspend them for the you know during the season. You get a third one, you're suspended for a game. Get a fourth one, you suspend two games. Get a fifth one, you're done for the season. I mean, I think they ought to be doing that instead of throwing people out of games. Not enough of that stuff." I've done three games now. There's been a targeting in every game. In each one of them, in years gone by, I wouldn't have thought twice about the play. Now it's like, oh, well, 
the helmet was the helmet was somewhere near the head. It was like like an elbow. Uh, okay, sure. You get two in one game, you should be thrown out. First one, 15-yard penalty. And a warning that it's your first. That's just how I look at it. Fans pay to see players play. Stop throwing people out. These these guys that are that are hit with quote targeting are not targeting people. Okay, nine times out of ten, it's completely inadvertent. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, almost warping online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best of new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff that works with you, I mean, they're going to do everything they can to save you money, get your best trade-in number. Man, that's how you get repeat customer. You work with people. Yeah, you want to make the sale, but, I mean, in making the sale, how do you go about your business? And these guys go just, they care about you. Customer comes first. That's how you get repeat business. And the service department that backs it all up at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. A lot of afternoon baseball, by the way. The White Sox clinched the division, beat Cleveland 7-2, first game of a doubleheader. San Diego leaves the Giants 1-0 bottom of the first. In fact, they still have the bases loaded. Atlanta leads Arizona 1-0 top of the third. Oakland uh, leads Seattle 1-0 bottom of the third in Oakland. Rockies and Dodgers 3-3, bottom of the fourth at Coors. Miller Park, uh, where the Brewers lead. St. Louis 5-1. That is in the top half of the seventh inning. Carolina and Houston coming up tonight. So that gets everybody up to date. The Phillies and Pirates play tonight. 7.05 on Eagle 107 this evening. Phil's come in at 78 and 74 after their win over Baltimore last night. All right. Always a pleasure to bring in the the legend. Um, so, Ray Dittinger. Ray, always great. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy. Oh, that's okay, Steve. Always a pleasure to be with you. All right. So, uh, Eagles through two games. Uh, so, what's your feel and assessment through two games, uh, even though it's the season's still in its infancy? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think the way the first two weeks played out um, after the, the after the really impressive performance in Atlanta the opening week, um, you know, the, I think the fairest way of looking at this is, you know, the Eagles are 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 probably better than people thought they were before the Atlanta game. 
but they're not quite as good as people thought they were after the Atlantic game. Yeah, you know, right. I, you know yeah. I, I think that's I think because coming into the they were so good in Atlanta, uh, they came into the San Francisco game last week, and the preponderance of people in Philadelphia were, were saying, "Oh yeah, this is no problem. You know, we'll win this game easy." And yeah. I, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so that was the expectation, and then okay, you get you get the big dose of reality in that game where it was a game they they certainly could have won, and they mm-hmm. were kind of actually in command of it in the second quarter, but then it got away from them. And so now, I, you know, I think it's, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens on Monday night. I think it's, you know, let's see how they bounce back from that. I mean, that was really disappointing, and they had a chance to really steal one there. Um, but okay, you you lost that game. You're one and one. You know, you, you lick your wounds. You'll try and learn some lessons, and then you move on and play your first division game against your biggest rival. So I kind of want to see how they come out and play Monday night. Exactly. Um I just, I just want to deviate from the Eagles for a moment. The 49ers were in the Super Bowl and had the lead against Kansas City. Last right. year they were riddled they were riddled with injuries last year. I mean just absolutely just shredded with injuries. What kind of feel did you get for seeing this version of the 49ers with most of those guys back? Oh, they're good. I mean, they're good. Their offensive line is really good. The tackles are really good. Um, you know, Bose is a Bose is a monster of a player. You know, yeah. Fred Warner, I think, is is a terrific middle linebacker. Um, yes. the, the biggest issue with them, I think, really is their secondary. I, I think their secondary is, was kind of thin to begin with, uh, and losing Verrett really hurt them because I thought he was their best defensive back. And um, when they lost him, they lost a lot. I mean, they had to go sign Josh Norman, and they're going to try and get by with him. But that's a problem. Now, the Eagles... Uh, with with the young quarterback, weren't really able to attack that secondary the way some other teams will be able to. Uh, you know, I think that's I think that's going to be the problem that the Forty ers face down the line here is uh, teams that can protect and uh, teams that can throw the ball. Uh, I think can make some plays against the secondary, but otherwise, I think that uh, I, I think that the team is really good, and I think Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach and a really good play caller. And uh, you know, they're. You're, I mean, you're quite right, Steve. I mean, what what wrecked them last year was injuries, and um, if you know, I, I fully expect them to be a playoff team. That's a tough division. It's a really tough division, the NFC West. But I fully expect them to be in the playoffs. In that answer, you referenced Jalen Hurts when you referred to the young quarterback. He's going to make his seventh career start on Monday night. Do you have a sense yet, Ray? Not for the athlete or the arm or anything like that. Do you have a sense yet as to the kind of feel of the game that Jalen Hurts has? No, oh, he definitely has that. He definitely has that. I mean, he's um, and you kind of, you can almost kind of see that last year, uh, just in practice, just in the way um, when he got a chance to get in and, and run things, um, the way he was very comfortable in doing it. Uh, never looked overwhelmed. Never looked like he was in over his head. Uh, and and a fiercely competitive guy who's kind of understated uh, and not real demonstrative, but commands respect. Um, the veteran players on the, on the team responded to him really well, and he came into a tough situation, you know, after they made the decision to move away from Carson Wentz uh, and to go to him at that point in what was kind of a crumbling season. It was it was not it was it was, it was not the optimum position for a rookie quarterback to step in, uh, but he did. Uh, and he came out and he played, 
you know, I mean, he had four starts, and they were what you would expect rookie starts to be. There were a couple of them were really good, a couple that weren't so good. Um, but, I mean, he took them all kind of in stride. You know, he didn't get too high with the wins, and he didn't get too crushed by the losses. And uh, there was never much question that this was his team coming into this year. I mean, some people looked at the Joe Flacco signing and said, is that going to be competition? No. <laughs> I mean, he's just right. a backup. You know, the tra- yeah. trade for Gardner Minshew, oh, boy, they're bringing him in. There's going to be his, his Hurts going to be looking over his shoulder. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. this is Hurts's – Steve, this, this whole season, this whole season more than anything else with the Eagles, really is about Jalen Hurts. This season is really about finding out what he is. You know, I mean, at the, at the, they, they'll play this year, uh, and at the end of this year, hopefully they will have some determination as to whether he's a guy they can go forward with and win, or if he's not, then, you know, they're, they're likely going to be sitting there with three first-round draft picks next year that they can go get that other quarterback. But I right. think this season, this season is really about learning what, Jason, what Jalen Hurts can be. And, uh, you know, by the end of the year, one way or another, they have to, they have to know that answer. So two games into the season, the way I've got it is that the Eagles' defense has allowed only two plays of 20 yards or better, and only one of them's a completion. What are you seeing from this defense so far through eight quarters? Um, they're, they seem to be well coached. Uh, they are very conscious about not giving up the big play. Uh, they don't take a lot of chances. Um... But the problem is they don't take the ball away from anybody. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's you know, the Eagles right now through two weeks in the season, and it's just two weeks. But you know, you say, well, they haven't turned the ball over. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but they haven't taken the ball away from the other guy. Oh, that's not so good. You know, right. I mean, they're the only team in the league that is that has a zero, that has a donut and the giveaway takeaway, um, and. You can't live like that defensively in the NFL now. I mean, that's one of the things that really hurt them last year. I mean, there were a lot of things that hurt them last year. But one of the things that hurt them last year was they just didn't take the ball away from anybody. I mean, they finished the year with eight interceptions. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. And I kind of thought that putting Steve Nelson in a corner opposite Slay would rectify a little bit of that. You know, and they, and they brought uh, and brought Anthony Harris in to play safety, and he's been a ball hawk earlier in his career. But you're not seeing that right now. Uh, and I know that uh, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, I mean, they're not blitzing hardly at all. I mean, they're very, very little. I mean, their, their blitz ratio is among the lowest in the league. And he may want to think about adjusting that, especially if they don't have Brandon Graham moving forward. He may have to start... He may have to start trying to turn up the heat a little bit because uh, I, I think that this team, to win in the NFL right now, defense, you know, you can't, you, you've got to, it, it's become a game of takeaways. You know, yards and, you know, yeah. yards is almost irrelevant. You know, the, the good defenses are defenses that take the ball away from the other team. And the Eagles weren't that last year, and they need to be that this year. Yeah, I think you need takeaways, and if you're not getting takeaways, you have to force field goals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the game last week. Uh, the, once the 49ers kind of got their footing, I mean, the first quarter Garoppolo was really bad, uh, and they, they, I mean, they didn't have a first down in the first quarter. I mean, they were really off their game. Uh, but once you know, once they had that series where they held the Eagles at the goal line and then they drove it down the field, they were kind of in command of the game. And from that point on, they had two, not one, but two 90-yard touchdown drives, uh, and. 
you know, defensively, I mean, people will say, well, they only gave up 17 points. Yeah, but two, you can't give up 90-yard drives twice in a game. You know, right. your defense your defense somewhere in there has to make a play. I mean, you, you, it has to make a play to kind of turn things around, and they weren't able to do that. Because what they're doing right now is that they're forcing the offense to always go 75-80. Right. Because they're not, getting, they're not shortening the field up at all, and it would probably help Jalen Hurts if they did shorten up the field a little bit. And then Nick Sirianni could be, be even more creative because they couldn't get the ball to the wide receivers last week, could they? No, and that's that's an area that um, you know when the coaches sit down and do the quality control thing and they look back at the film. I mean, they they got to say, well, wait a minute, we we didn't throw a single ball into the middle of the field, you know, and that's you know you can't do that. Um, and the offensive coordinator was was talking to he had a, he had a presser the other day and somebody asked him about that and they said, well, you know, we're kind of just taking what the defense gives us. You know, and you know we had we felt like with you know, the better throws were those from the hash marks to the sidelines. Well, you know if that's not the way things work in the NFL these days. I mean, you no. gotta you know it's 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 a league of of crosses and digs and bunch formations and hooks and you know especially with a young quarterback he's got to be able to work the middle of the field. You know you can't you can't just be throwing balls at the sideline all the time. And I think they realize that. I think the coaches when they look back at it said, ah, oh, now we should have. Especially when you're going up against a 49ers team that doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of weaknesses, but their weaknesses in the secondary. I mean, I think that you know, especially when you have when you have and you mentioned them. I mean, they have some pretty good receivers, especially Smith, who I think is terrific. Um, I mean, you have opportunities. I mean, you run those guys in a bunch formation. Uh, and you, they come, they come off the ball. I mean, you're going to have two, three guys open all the time, and those are plays you got to make in the middle of the field. They're easy reads for the young quarterback. You know, I think it's it's one of those things when they look back on it, they have to be smacking their head and saying, you know, we, you know, we really got to do a better job with that. And you know, they, yeah, I think you do, and you have to do it starting Monday night. Yeah, uh, Michael Parsons, obviously a player that I would be obviously extremely familiar with. Sure. Uh, is what kind of impact do you think he's made for Dallas so far? Because it also looked like they were taking Micah and they were using him at times as a stand-up defensive end. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you, um, the, the game against the Chargers, he basically was a defensive end. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I mean, it was it was by necessity because they, you know, Randy Gregory had was on the COVID list, and yeah. you know, Demarcus Lawrence is out with the broken foot, so. And if you saw them through the first couple of games, I mean, they, I mean, they couldn't get any pass rush going. Didn't seem like. I mean, Tom Brady threw the ball 50 times; and they never touched him. Exactly. Um, so they, so they, so they felt like, well, okay, we got to find some way to get a pass rush. So they turned, they turned, they turned Mike into a defensive end. I mean, just a pure pass rushing defensive end. Um, and he was really good. I mean, he was a game changer. Um, I mean, he had. I think you know. I've seen different. I've seen different tallies about. You know, he had eight eight hurries. Somebody had ten hurries. Somebody had twelve hurries. We had. Uh, but the one thing you can't dispute is he had a huge sack that killed one big drive late in the game. Kind of saved the game. Uh, and he was in Justin Herbert's face all day. Um, no, he's really good. He's really good, Steve. I mean, I'm not. I'm not breaking any news to you. I mean, you saw the guy play, um, but. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a dynamic, a dynamic defensive player. 
Uh, and the, the only question is, what's Dan Quinn want to do with him from week to week? Uh, I mean, could you make him a defensive end? I mean, a stand-up defense? You, you probably could. You yeah. probably could. Um, I mean, you could you could do a lot of different things with him. I, I, you know, Gregory's coming back this week, so I, 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 they may not be. It may not be the need to put him as a pure pass rushing end um, this week. But maybe they'll decide he was so good that's what they want to keep him at. I, Mike, I'm just guessing, but it wouldn't surprise me if, given the way Hurts plays uh, and the way the Eagles play him. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they have Parsons back, sort of in the middle, spying, spy, spy, spying yeah. on Hertz. Because that's there aren't too many people that can run with Hertz. If you're going to spy him, you can only spy him with somebody that can run with him, and right. and Parsons can do that. So I, I have a feeling you might see him in the middle playing the spy role. And if I were Quinn, I think that's the way I would go. Yeah, Mike is a four-three-nine. So I mean, oh, there yeah. are many guys. There are many guys at linebacker running four-three-nine. So he can run with him. Uh, also, what about Landon Dickerson getting into the line? Because Brandon Brooks got hurt. I mean, I, right. I feel awful for Brooks because, I mean, he's been hit with so many injuries. Uh, so where's the state of this offensive line right now? Well, that's it. Um, is you know they got everybody. Everybody else is healthy, uh, but yeah, Blues and Brooks was a big loss. I mean, it was it was one of those things. I mean, they were kind of you know holding their breath on him all year uh, because he's had. I mean, for three years now, it's been one thing after another, uh, and you know you're kind of and he's over thirty, and I mean you were kind of it was almost wishful thinking that you're going to go into the season and expect to get 16 games out or 17 games out of them. Probably wasn't going to happen. But you certainly didn't think you'd lose them in week two. Uh, but that's what happened. And that's a blow. I mean, he's really good. I mean, that right side, when they have him and Johnson playing next to each other, um, that's formidable. You know, when you got those two guys plus Kelsey at center, um, I mean, that's, that's a really good, really good offensive line. Um, so, yeah, Landon Dickerson, who is the, uh, the kid they drafted in the second round from Alabama, who has his own injury history, uh, mm-hmm. He came in and uh, and he played right guard and he played, he did okay. Uh, I, I think that you know he was he was hurt. He was still he was still rehabbing the injury he had from the end of the Alabama season. He was still rehabbing that, so basically didn't do anything during the preseason. Didn't play at all, uh, and really only got back to practicing like two weeks ago. So to kind of get thrown in there in week two, I don't know that he was exactly ready to play. Um, but I mean, he you know he he went in there and did okay. I mean, he's not Brooks certainly, but he went in there and played um, and. The big story on the offensive line, and he's the big story in many ways. In many ways, is Jordan Mailata, the left tackle, yeah. um, the uh, you know the 370-pound Australian rugby player uh, <laughs> that they just signed on a they signed on a lark. They drafted on a lark a few years ago, who has come in and actually learned how to play this game. Um, and and I'll tell you, Steve, right now, he's playing really good. Yeah. I mean, right, I'll tell you, right now, he's the best left tackle in this division. I mean, I I think he is. He, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go with this, but you know, he has he has played that well, and uh, they just signed him to a new long term contract, so they obviously believe in it. He's he's quite a story, and he's uh, he, I, I, he's gone from being a novelty act and like a like a funny kind of sidebar story to being you know a legit left tackle in the NFL. What a story! Incredible. Ray, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your valuable time. We greatly appreciate it and appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure, Steve. Anytime. Take care. Ah, the great one. The legend. So let me ask you something, Eagles fan. Name the last Eagles coach to win his debut against Dallas. 
and when? Hmm. Debut against Dallas. I'm on the air at 605 with the other <laughs> show tonight. I would so. say uh, this is uh, Dick Vermeil? No, it was actually Andy Reid in 1999. It was Reid. Yeah, no, that's why I, I, I said see, it. See, I, I. That's why I said it. See, I that was going to be my first guess, but I second guessed myself. But I mean, because Eagles weren't very good in '99, and of course, Reed, of course, they're known for the the pickle juice game. But that was 2001 down there in Dallas. So, all right, okay, I second guessed myself. So Nick Sirianni has a chance to make some history. Hopefully, he will. If not, then you're going to come on Tuesday show and you're going to stick. <laughs> uh, well, I got to see, but I will say now I'm not feeling great about this game either. Well, the other day you're downright cocky about it. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, tomorrow, Donnie Collins, Nate Bauer, the king on the show tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. That's the show. Coming up tomorrow. Everything's going to be filled up tomorrow. Looking forward to it. And uh, talk to everybody. Go from there. Fun show today with Ray and our high school football roundtable. Matt telling me that I stink at my job. I thought that was kind of brutal. <laughs> you had a very nice article on Onward State, by the way. Well, at least somebody's nice to me. <laughs> So you said nice things, huh? Yes. Oh, okay. Do I need to read it or? If you want. It's a nice write-up. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs>